Hello, my friend. It's Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. Today, I am talking with Sally Ann Carroll, and we are talking about sustainable self-care. So we're talking about what that looks like, what that even means, and how often we want this big change and we want everything all at once. And we're usually doing that from a place of depletion and overwhelm. And that's not the best place to do it from. And big changes are not necessarily sustainable. So have a listen. Let me know what you think. Take care of yourself. And I'll see you soon. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friend. Happy, happy Friday. This is Heather. This is another episode of the Fabulous and Amazing Back to Me podcast, where we talk to fabulous and amazing humans and learn things that maybe we didn't know or didn't think of. And uh, maybe it makes life even better. And heck, I'm up for that. So today I'm talking with Sally and Carol. And we're going to talk about some cool things, right, Sally? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. I suddenly had a mental like, oh, oh yeah, I remember what we're talking about. Sustainable self-care for busy people. That's me getting distracted. I'm totally guilty. <laughs> so, um, Sally, I always like to start because I'm super curious with um, how did you get into this world of helping people out? Well, it started actually with my own you know, transformational life and career um, explosion. Explosion. That's the word I like to use. <laughs> and so I, I made a lot of changes all at once. And, and actually, as a, as a coach, I coach reinvention and sustainable success. And one of the things I learned early on is um, don't do it my way. <laughs> and so that's how I got into this is I was in a position of wanting to change a lot of things and needing to change um, some things that I was not in control of and went looking for resources and ended up along the way over a couple of year period. I ended up in coach training, became a coach, um, further studied positive psychology coaching for, for just some that, started some narrative coaching, uh, did a lot of work on myself and started working with clients and the rest is sort of history. It was it was not necessarily a career move that I had planned, <laughs> but it it actually combines all of my background into one neat little package, and it's been the best thing I ever did. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. You don't always. I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to become a coach, <laughs> but you when you when it's something that you're drawn to, you're just really drawn into it, or it's like, wow, <laughs> this is this is it. And I'm curious, because I haven't heard the term before, what's a narrative coach? Um, it's looking at the narrative structures that we use, our belief systems, our mindsets, and really getting into the, the deconstruction of that so that we can actually construct them in ways that are empowering and 
helpful to us versus the ones that are not so helpful. Yeah. The, uh, we spend a lot of time telling ourselves how things are and it's not necessarily true. That's right. And our stories can fuel so much of what we do that it often can be really, really helpful to take a step back and look at what they are. Or I guess you can't always necessarily know where your story came from, but sometimes you can. Mm-hmm. And it's easier. I, I, I find them easier to rewrite if you know where they came from. Is that what do you find that? Um, I think that can sometimes be true, but I think that sometimes we can spend a lot of time looking for where they came from. And it can be really helpful to be in the present moment and realize here, here's where they are right now. And where do I want them to be? Right. And then looking at how we might rewire some of that in the present moment. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to someone recently explaining the difference. And I guess that between um, therapy and coaching and that Mm -hmm. therapy is the backwards. (laughs) Coaching is the forwards. (laughs) It's often true. It's often true. And it's, it's important, I think, in some cases to really understand, you know, what some of that that sh- those the shaping forces are on on our lives and, and therapy is a wonderful tool for that i think yeah yeah and and sometimes they go hand in hand right um, they do often yes yeah because we are multidimensional beings and you can't carve i'm just going to work on this piece out without it impacting the other things in life so yeah that's i can see that that I have worked in conjunction with that. Um, I, I find it interesting. So reinvention, is that what you, is that what you call your program? Um, yeah, well, I do reinvention coaching as part of my coaching practice. It's, I have a six month program in which I partner with people. It's reinvention partnership is what I call it. And we really partner at looking through the whole piece of your life. So looking at like, if there's a big change that you want to make, often it's a career change, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a life transition. Often it's both, because as you just had said, and I really want to jump off on this point because I think yeah. it's so important, is that you know there isn't one little compartment, right? We don't live siloed lives. We're humans. We have one life, and it has multiple parts. And so in my reinvention partnership, it's very integrated life and career coaching with a big dose of well-being. And we start from reconnection, go through my sustainable success model, and really get to the point where we can start redesigning what's next. But often people like to jump into, I think I need to change something. Like, let's design something new. And really, you need to start from the beginning and like, think about the reconnection piece. Like, what is it? Why am I making this change? What's the change? How can I imagine what is possible for me? Because often we're not thinking about the possibilities. We're just thinking, I want something different. We are really good at the I don't wants. Yes, we are. I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And then we'll make those, we'll chuck those things out, but you won't Mm -hmm. consciously choose what you do want. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I like that there's, there's a process instead of just chucking everything out and... Yes. Being keyless, pretty much. <laughs> Although, yeah. I've, I'm like you. I've done that, chucked everything out, and then gone, oh, my God, now what? 
and it's it's interesting how that happens. I think because, and that's what a lot of where the self, sustainable self care piece comes in because when we're ignoring that sustainable self care piece for a period of time, which can happen for in multiple scenarios in life, like that urgency to just chuck everything out, seems much more up for people than if they're they're on more of a, a maintenance of taking care of their basic kind of functionality. It's like, and, it's true. It's like they've gotten, you know, when your mom used to say, I'm up to here. So <laughs> it's like, I'm up to here. If your head is underwater, you're going to try and just do everything possible. And maybe, maybe you throw out things that are working, but because you're overwhelmed, you're just throwing out everything. Um, so I like your idea of sustainable. So it might be self-explanatory, but what do you see as sustainable self-care? I think sustainable self-care is really, really highly individual. But the way I look at it is in a framework of there's four components. So it would be mind, body, spirit, and environment. And these pieces work together, right? So... When I say sustainable self-care, I like to bring people back to thinking about, okay, what really fuels me in each of these areas, right? Let's toss out the ideas of what we're supposed to be doing for self-care. It's not a get, massage, by the way. Well, it can be, not, but... <laughs> oh, it, it can be. I am actually a very big fan of massage, and I've had one every month for the last 20 years. Oh. Uh, but that is part of my physical self-care, and I, it's something that I take, it, it really helps me. But I, I agree, there's just, we get into these ideas of um, self-care as being kind of pampering or luxury. Right. And I, I look at it very differently in terms of sustainable self-care. It's managing your personal energy. It's taking care of those basics of sleep and nutrition and those sorts of things. It's engaging in a creative pursuit, if that's something that fuels you. It's that spiritual component, which everybody has a different view of what that means to them, but having um, community, there's so many little factors. And really it's about finding what those factors are for you and creating a very basic, like I have my clients do a completely basic self-care, like throw out all the to-do, like I don't want to hear about the morning routine that has 20 points on it or like the <laughs> evening, like pick one thing from each of the four categories and start there. Right. And then you can build from there, right? But just take care of like really listening to yourself and customizing that for yourself to fuel your own personal energy. We and then get, that yeah, we builds get, on itself. We do get stuck in that, well, this famous person said that I need to do these things every single morning. But that almost causes you to have more stuff on your plate mm -hmm. and more yeah. stress. And then it's not sustain that's not sustainable. Yes, that's actually why I call it sustainable self-care, because I think that we get caught up and it's very easy to do in our society because we've got messages coming at us all the time and all the things that we could and should be doing that we lose sight of like just checking in with ourselves and like, oh, you know, I feel really great when I go for a run every day or three times a week, or I feel at my best when I know I get eight hours of sleep. 
I've, I've, I've had a couple sleep talks recently. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, those like really basic things can be the foundation. And then you can build on it. Like some people really find, you know, a very keyed in morning routine that gives them some nourishment in the morning. That's a part of their self-care. That's something that's non-negotiable and that they do it. But I, I like to really drill it down to what are those non-negotiable things and start there. And then you can build on as much as you want but taking care of that really basic level so that it does not become a chore. It does not become another thing to put on the calendar that doesn't get done and then feel defeated at the end of the week that, you know, I'm so bad at taking care of myself, which is the message that I heard from a lot of my clients who were coming to me for career work or for life transition coaching is that self-care was kind of in some cases kind of a basic denominator of where people were getting stuck. And that's right. actually how I created my book, Nourish, was based on talking to my clients. And I was like, all right, I'm creating this for you because like, here's some really, really easy ways to check in with yourself. And they're not superficial ways though. Like I, I had a, um, a colleague of mine read my book when it first came out, Nourish, and she said that she is gonna start from the beginning again, and she's gonna read one little section and then work on it because it seems very simple, but it's actually like she had to really think about where, what was going on in her life and where was she taking care of herself and not. And so that's my intention with sustainable self-care is I want it to be impactful and transformational in your life, but I don't want it to be a list of things you have to be doing or a list of things that somebody else told you to do. Right? And that's there's only so many things you can take on at a time anyway, right? Right, right. And then it's not self-care anymore. Then it's something else. And I'm that not sure what the term is for that. Yes. <laughs> right. Just add your job, job list. All the things, yes. And especially, I think, with women, we see, you know, we have enough jobs. We don't need any more jobs. Oh, my gosh, no. That's quite enough. And I was thinking about um, the sustainable self-care and when so when you're trying to start that new it's time i mean i did call it podcast back to me it's time to get back to me and start and recognizing that taking care of yourself will actually benefit everyone and everything in your life but mm -hmm. like picking those small things and because people are so impatient you know okay i did it for a week it's time for another one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But I always feel like it's not time to add something else until it's automatic. Like mm -hmm. it's become so ingrained and so habitual. You just do it without thinking about it because it's now part of who you are. And I guess that's how I see that sustainability coming in because they, they, it's not something they have to think about anymore, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely the, agree. Do you find that takes people different length? Do you find people in a hurry all the time? Yes. <laughs> I find people in, not really, I find them in a hurry. And I also find them um, trying to create a destination. Like, okay, I've done it for a week. Have I got there yet? Like, where's my benefits? <laughs> when can I stop? <laughs> when, right. Have I, have I check? can I check that box, right? I have a lot of box checkers in my world. And, and it's, it's, what I try to bring it back to is it's not about that, right? It's about nurturing yourself and creating exactly, as you say, you know, habits that you want to just become part of the fabric of your life. And it's not a, it's not a, like, 
I used because I I was I made so I was a massage therapist. I just retired at the end of 2022 after 14 years, and people would say to me, "Well, how often do I need to come?" And I would say, "You know, well, you know, once a month is a good maintenance schedule." For how long? You know, they would want to know for how long. I'm like, ever as long as you have a body. <laughs> And they would look at you like, what do you mean? Isn't this just, can I just do this like and be done? And so I would always use the comparison. It's like, how often do you have to eat to take care of your body? Mm -hmm. So why, why is everything else to take care of your body only a check, a checkbox for you? Mm -hmm. Right. So um, it's a, but it's a different way of thinking about it. It is, it is. And it's the same thing with our minds, right? I mean, for me, one of the things that I had taken up the, in the pandemic is I restarted my meditation practice. And I've had a meditation practice since I was in college, so a very long time. And But it's in the past couple of years, it had been a bit more loose, say. And I thought, this is before the pandemic actually hit, but like right that January, I said, I don't know. I just feel like this would be a good year for me to bring that back. Right? <laughs> I'm going to start meditating every morning for 15 minutes, just as a start. And I did that, and it was good timing. I'll tell you, no kidding. It certainly helped uh, get through some of that period. But it just—it wasn't like I'm going to do it for three months and see how it it fits. It just now is just part of my morning. I just do it when I wake up, and then I'm ready to start the day. And meditation isn't everybody's thing, but it is my thing. It works for me. And there's, you know, I have clients who get up every morning and just, you know, very mindfully make their cup of coffee. And that's uh, something that they're not willing to take out of their day now, right? It's just become part of the fabric. So I like to talk about non-negotiables. Right. Like, when you're deciding what these things are going to be, if you're starting a self-care plan or you're kind of re-engineering is what are those non-negotiables? That's a great place to start because yeah. then you're not going to want to know when they end. Right? They're just going to continue. And do you find that they can decide what their non-negotiable is right off the bat or it's something they mm -hmm. have to feel their way into? I think you have to feel your way into it. And I mean, this is one of the things I hear a lot from the people that I coach very often is, I mean, of course, as coaches, we, we probably get this all the time, but I certainly see a pattern of, um, we don't know until we're asked, right? I mean, sometimes we do know. Sometimes we have this craving, like, I just know that like, oh, if I only had time, I would do X every week, right? I would, you know, I would go for a run every week. I would sit and just have five minutes to myself, a quiet time every day, right? Or I would just lock the door and have my me time. Like Some people do have in the back of their mind that thing that they just really know that they want, and I encourage them to start there. But for I would say the majority of people are are really stumped by the question when I ask them like what would their non-negotiables be in these categories, right? If they could choose, like what would, if they had to pick one in each category, what's non-negotiable for them? And I think it's because we we live in a society where we've made a lot of things negotiable that shouldn't really necessarily be negotiable, right? Our wellness is not it can't be outsourced, and we've also created a world where we're so used to someone telling us what it is that we want or need yes. mm -hmm. that we've forgotten to actually check and see, is that yeah. right for me? Is that what I actually yes. want? Or did someone tell me that? 
Yes. And that's a big piece of it, right? That permission to just let yours be yours, I think is something that I would like to see more of in the world because there is, there's so much external messaging around all of these things. And it is, it does take turning off the noise of all those things coming in. I was listening to a coach yesterday and, um, his thing, the thing he says is just try it on. If it doesn't fit, take it off. And he says, it's like going to the mall. I kind of like that idea. I'll try that on. Doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Put it back on the rack and try on a different one. (laughs) Exactly. Does this look good on me or not? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been teaching yoga now for 19 years and I can tell you when I started teaching yoga, my world, I would thought this is the yoga. Everybody needs to do it. It's this, 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 this. But after many years and after being in healthcare for, you know, 16 odd years, um, now when people ask me, I say, there's a med- there's so many kinds. Some of it just involves sitting. So you do the yoga that makes you feel good. And that's mm-hmm. all. And sometimes it's walking. There's walking yoga. There's laughter yoga. There's restorative yoga. There's power yoga. Don't do power yoga because you think you want a yoga butt because that's not what it's for. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, that's using a different part of your brain to say to be striving. It's stri- yoga's not striving, right? Um, and the yes. same with meditation, because I'm also a meditation teacher. What kind of meditation should I do? The one that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Going for a walk with your dog. One of my clients walks her dog. That's her meditation. I'm like, that's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Making your coffee can be a meditation. That's awesome. Do the one that feels like it's right. If it doesn't fit, try on something else. <laughs> yes, it's true. And I think this is really a great philosophy for um for life in general. And I talk a lot with my reinvention clients about this as well. As you're looking at what's next for you, right? Try on the possibilities and they don't need to fit. You can adjust and then you might adjust them or you might find in the process of um, like, for example, I was working with someone who was convinced that she was ready to leave her career entirely and had like, she's going to go be a coach right that's what she's gonna do um and like a physical coach not a coach like we're coaching but like an actual like a sports coach? A sports like a sports coach right? <laughs> okay she's gonna go be a sports coach and that's what she really wants to do and as we explored it and she tried on some ideas and met with some people and went through the process of like really looking into her own strengths and values and came back and said hmm, i think this is not for me Right. Like it, it might be something I want to volunteer at, but I don't think I want this to be my work. And then this idea that we have, like now somehow we've gone through this process and now we've, we've kind of turned back. That is the process, right? That's the coming back to yourself and saying, oh, wait, that's not the right idea for me, but this is. And so maybe it's re job crafting your job to be more sustainable, to have more balance, to have more of the things that you enjoy doing. And it's the same thing with self-care. It's this whole turning back into ourselves and reconnecting with with what's right for us at this point in our life and in our work. And changing your mind isn't failing, right? Right. Changing your mind is part of the is part of life. Like it's it's part of the process. Think of it as an experiment. So 
you you don't have to know what the outcome is going to be. You're testing it to see what the outcome is. And it is true. Like sometimes you'll start something and you're halfway down. You're like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't what I want. <laughs> and then you switch directions. Hopefully you don't take too long. I mean, mm -hmm. I spent 15 years as a CPA. <laughs> I took too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, not too long. It was fine. It actually, I don't begrudge my experience but and the people that I met, but it wasn't the right fit for me. Yes. Right. And when I left, I was, I had that, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And it took a little bit of finagling, it took a little bit of time to figure that out and trying on a few things. So. Yeah, give we your, create identities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, especially around jobs, you yes. know, if you, if you're defined by what you do and your worth is defined by what you do, that's a hard one. It is. And it's increasingly encouraged, I think, to, to view things that way. And it can be an unraveling and learning to kind of look at it from a different perspective and think, oh, well, okay, so that isn't for me anymore. And what possibilities are out there? Because the world is wide open. What else can I do? Right? I almost want it. to say, six months, is that all? <laughs> your your yeah. program is only six months? <laughs> oh, it can go on and on. I mean, I don't kick anybody out, right? Thank if goodness. You, if you want to continue on, you're welcome to do so. But I think it requires at least a six-month period to do some of the, the answering to those questions. And because we're not trying to race to the finish line, right? And it, we right. have to give ourselves the grace of that that space and time to allow the answers to form Absolutely. to figure that out what is the most interesting transition you've seen if you can think of one off the top of your head the most interesting oh there's been all kinds of transitions <laughs> let's see um i had a, also an accountant and an accountant who moved into personal fitness i did that um, <laughs> I had, let's see, um, an architect who moved into a completely different field of entrepreneurship. Um, let me see, who else? It's always just interesting to see. Lawyers, lawyers, right. have, yeah, they, they often want to transition. <laughs> well, and you got to wonder, like, I think of generationally, you know, like, mm -hmm. Um, you were supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer or uh, something along those professions. And what if you did that and then you're like, I don't want to do this. I didn't do this for me. I did this because mm -hmm. my parents, grandparents, whoever said that I needed to get this career, but I really mm -hmm. wanted to be a photographer. And someone told you when you were a little kid, artists don't make money. <laughs> So. Yeah, I think Heather, that's a really common transition from I, I certainly have worked with a number of people who are in professional, uh, professional services areas, or those sorts of careers that have a creative passion that really they might have pursued earlier on, but now want to do that. I think that's a really common one. I always get reminded Features like, as well. Yeah. I always remember, you know, and I don't know if you know this, that Hitler was actually quite a good painter. 
So what if his parents had encouraged him to paint instead of go into the military? Interesting idea. Right? <laughs> Not that I'm saying that, you know, <laughs> that it, it would be completely different or anything because he obviously had some seeds of something. But um, it is interesting if you allow if you allow yourself to really be curious and follow the, the breadcrumb trail of what you find interesting, where it could lead you and being open to something completely different than what you expect. Yeah. I think it happens that, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people pursue careers that are more, um, Traditional. Traditional or expected or part of their family culture. And there's so many different reasons. And sometimes those work out and then it's just time to move on from a different, you know, for a different season of our career and life. And sometimes they're just never a good fit, but we kind of struggle through them. I've certainly worked with people who are in both areas. And for me, my own first career, I started out uh, working in journalism. And that was never my intent. <laughs> I <laughs> How the heck did and, you end up there? And uh, it was really interesting because I studied communication and I have been writing since I was young and really wanted to write and enjoy enjoyed doing that. But I, you know, as a young person, I didn't really have the kind of the career input necessarily to think about all of the possibilities. I thought, okay, here's one that sounds good. And then I excelled in journalism and was really pushed into it by professors that, you know, thought I had talent in that area. Like, oh, you should study this and, you know, they should go into that area. And it was fine. I, I mean, I, I don't regret doing that work, but it, I certainly knew early on that it wasn't where I was going to stay. It, it's something that I have a a passion for in terms of reading other people's critical journalism, but I don't think that I'm necessarily, I, I never really wanted to do that work. And I, I find that it's, it's a great love and a passion if you're going to do it well. And for me, that was never, never where I was headed. So, right. Yeah. But it is great skills I've learned along the way. I ask really good questions because of that. Right. And I mean, I, I was encouraged to become an accountant because, you know, that's a career and money and I was good at it. And I don't, I mean, I still have those skills. I still have that. I call it, I have two sides of my coin. I have the business logic brain and then I have the wellness woo-woo brain. <laughs> and they work together in harmony. But it is true. I mean, sometimes you come... The, the path is never straight. Mm -hmm. You just keep finding your way along it and finding that way to keep yourself well on the way. Yes. I mean, we're talking sustainable self-care. So it is, it is, you know, if you're pursuing things that are of interest to you, but you haven't been taking care of yourself, you don't have the energy to know, Eves. I think I wouldn't even know if I was interested in something or not if I was too tired. <laughs> and yeah, and I think, exactly. And this is why people get burned out. And 
why they are just, you know, not able to answer the questions about what's important to me. What is it that I want to pursue? What are my non-negotiables, right? Who can think about that when they're exhausted? Nobody. So it is that, uh, that ability to just like take care of yourself, mind, body, spirit, and then create that environment around you that supports that. That's the other piece. I think that we often forget about self-care is that supportive environment, which looks like lots of things to different people. But there is an aspect of our environment that's very influential. And so the more that we can take control over pieces of it so that we can give ourselves that, that support, I think is really critical to sustaining the other three pieces. Right. Yeah. Environment. I mean, that could encompass so many things. Like I mean, when I think of, because um, you have what is it? Bought physical. What are the four things? My, mind, body, spirit, and physical, and the environment. And so they're picking one from each. So like mind, I guess you could have some meditate. Like I could come up with thoughts of meditation and things mm-hmm. too. And body is movement or sleep or things spirit hmm. what kinds of things do you have in there it would be whatever fuels your your soul really right your spirit i mean it might be spending time in your community right it might be volunteering it might be an organized religious practice that you're really nourished by um for me it for a long time, it was a meditation group that I would go with um, and really feel nourished by that time that I would spend with them every week. Right. Right. But it sometimes it can be all sorts of things. And nature is another big one. That's probably where I get that most these days is yeah. it's just really being out on a mountain or on the beach and experiencing the awe that nature just provides us every single day, which we're in our busy lives, we don't stop necessarily to even notice the miraculousness around us. And your environment, I mean, I guess you do get that overlap because mind could be studying, reading, or mm-hmm. silencing the mind. Yeah. Body, you know, environment could be nature, which also mm-hmm. fuels your spirit, which also makes you feel better. So yes. it's like, it's all connected. Wow, it's all together. Yes. And environment, I also see like not only your physical location, but the people around you and uh, where you choose to live, where you choose to work, all of those things intertwine, right? Yeah. Also, where do you choose to interact online, right? Um, what news do you take in? There's oh, so yes. many p- pieces of environment that influence, influence us every single day. And just really, my goal is to really just be intentional about that, right? I mean, you don't have to overhaul your environment. But if you know that a certain piece of your environment is not working for you, that's the place to be in, right? Right. If you know that Twitter just makes you angry, just don't read it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. I left Twitter a long time ago. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I left Twitter before all this stuff started happening. I was long gone. But... (laughs) Um, yeah, and, and I guess being able to recognize, because I think sometimes people get addicted to that, like, outrage. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. but that's not healthy. So just unplug it somehow. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example of an environment that is not nourishing. Right. right? 
I think that's the piece that can be very helpful to do is to think about those environments in terms of how do I feel when I'm interacting there? Like, what am I doing when I'm interacting in this environment? Or like even in your home environment, when you walk in the door, is that feeling good or does it feel chaotic? Um, right. is, it, is it calming you down or is it really stressing you out? And making those little changes in each of those areas can make it a world of difference. It's amazing the difference that small little things can add up into us being able to more effectively manage our personal energy and feel good and feel energized and feel vital and be able to give that back to other people. Right. Yeah. And those it is those small incremental changes consistently that we never believe. We understand the logic behind it, but we never believe it. We never believe it's true. <laughs> it's, it's really true. I mean, we, we're so focused on the big, right? Like, what yeah. big thing can I do? And behavioral science will tell us until we stop listening that it's small incremental changes that actually get you where you want to go. But everybody wants to make the big leap first. It's like, just just try the small ones and see how you feel. Do the small ones while you're waiting for the big one to come in. Yeah. I mean, not that we shouldn't be thinking big. I'm all for thinking big. But how we, we can think big, but how we get there starts often with small steps. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Oh, my goodness. I'm, and I'm going to put a post-it note up somewhere at some point because I always have post-it notes above my desk to remind me of the things that I know, but I haven't um, incorporated into my full knowing yet. Mm -hmm. I remind myself every day, small steps, small steps. What was that Bill Murray movie with the baby steps? Baby steps to the... To the <laughs> <laughs> right. What movie was that? I can't remember. Someone will remember and let me know later. <laughs> it's like baby steps to the dock, baby steps onto the boat. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is awesome. What is, what was the name of your book again? Nourish. 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 Wes. And you have more than one book. I do. My other book is called Reinvent Your Reality. And that walks through the process of reinventing and revitalizing your life and work. So it's very much a, a framework to use. I mean, you won't have transformed your life by the end of the book, but you'll have the tools to, to put to practice. That's handy. A yeah. DIY. A DIY. <laughs> it is. It's based on a lot of my own story and based on the, the framework of coaching that I put together over the past many years in working with this. And so it also comes from a very sustainable, success-based um, ethos in which includes, there's a lot of self-care that's included in this book because, as I mentioned, like I, it seemed to be, and it continues to be, um, just such an underlying, uh, I don't want to say problem, but an underlying condition, I think, for a lot of people who are in the process of transition to kind of forget that we need to revitalize ourselves continuously to do that work. Right. And um, just, I mean, we have to have a certain basis of of managing our own energy just to to do our, our work in the world as it is. And so then if we're trying to change things, we need a little bit of extra yeah. to keep us going. Yeah, so true. So to true. fuel us for the journey. And maybe someday it'll become normal. 
Yeah, I think we're getting there. We're seeing a lot more wellness. I mean, you you would know you're seeing a lot more wellness activity in the world. And I think the more people are talking about wellness, the the better off we're all going to be. Right. Yeah. And you can see shifting in businesses towards that. I mean, it's it's still in the early stages and there's there'll be a stumble here and there, but you can see the movement. So I think it'll be we're moving to good things. We're moving to good things. That's amazing. And people, so it's, they will be in the show notes, but people can connect with you and check out your six month reinvention because you're taking people all the time, right? Yes. Yes. I have open enrollment and I also do sustainable success coaching. So I do both and anybody who wants to, uh, to explore this area, I encourage them to get in touch and we can just chat about what the best option is. Absolutely. And that, my friends, will all be in the show notes. So don't worry. You're not going to miss out. Um, Sally, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me and sharing all of this great information. Um, I love your framework and I love the addressing that that sustainability side before you try to leap off the cliff (laughs) right (laughs) it's hard to build the net on the way down if you don't have enough tools with you (laughs) exactly you have to bring the tools with you you can build anything you want on the way down if you have the right tools exactly but before before i let you go i'm always ask people at the end if you have any final words of wisdom words of wisdom well one thing that i'll share that i feel really passionate about is that we're already integrated. (laughs) I talk to a lot of people about work-life integration, which is sort of an offshoot of the sustainable success piece. And we're already integrated, right? We are not professional human beings and personal human beings who live separate little siloed lives, right? We live one life, has multiple compartments, multiple responsibilities, and the best thing we could possibly do for ourselves is to really um, just sink into that and let it be true and manage all of your responsibilities from the place of I get to choose how I want to put that all together. Right? There's no rules. That's scary for some people, but it's so good. <laughs> That's what it is good. It is good. That's when it's good to bring a friend. Bring a friend. Yes. Get it is coach. good to bring a friend. It Get is good coach. to bring a friend. We all yeah. deserve to thrive, right? And this we is all how deserve we deserve to thrive 100%. Thank you so much, Sally. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for all this knowledge that you bring and all the people that you are helping. And yes, that's so, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you, Heather. About this topic, I could talk for hours. On I this know. Topic. We both could. <laughs> <laughs> But respecting our friends with the podcast. Yes. Yes. So thank you, my friend, for joining us. Um, Check out Sally Ann's links. They're in the show notes. If you think there's someone who could use some help reinventing themselves, share the podcast over to them. I'm sure they will enjoy it. And of course, as always, subscribe, comment, and like, my friends. I will see you again next week. Take care.
Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like. Give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help, you can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one, (laughs) if you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.